0: aunts and uncles, anyone in need. Join us now to learn more about estate planning essentials with Michael Cohen and co-host Don Crawford Jr. Here now are Michael and Don.
1: This is your estate planning essentials podcast and radio program. And my name is Don Crawford, Jr., the owner of KWM Radio and co-host of this program, Wisely Seeking to Protect Your Family, Your Assets, and You. And I'm sitting with my co-host, my attorney, my very good friend who should be your attorney, our Dallas estate planning expert, Michael Cohen. Hello, Michael. Hello, Don. How you doing? I'm doing fine, thank you. Happy summertime. I hope you're doing well. and not melting before my eyes. Well, it's the dog days of summer now. Yeah, it here. really is. It's hot out there, no doubt about it. But we're cool inside. We hope the listeners are in air conditioning right now because it's tough without that these days. And um, it was very interesting because last week we talked about Aretha Franklin and her estate and will and how the wheels have basically come off and disasters that have been created, arguably, because of that. Finding two wheels, one under a couch cushion. Goodness gracious, it just seems like it's chaotic. And it's been five years now. Uh, I, I can't make this stuff up. Truth, uh, truth is stranger greater, than fiction. F- stronger than fiction, or whatever it is. But this is what's happened, and it's sad. I guess, you, I guess they're getting ready to write movies and books about the thing, too, all, for all we know. But because of that, Michael, you and I thought it would be a really good idea to expand on this topic, such as where to keep your will and all the instructions and options for people when they're alive, even, but when they pass away.
2: Yeah, so one of the things that we always talk about with um, when somebody signs a will mm-hmm. is where to keep it. Okay. Um, you know, Aretha Franklin is, like you mentioned, she, the will that was uh, determined to be valid in, in July uh, of this year after five years uh, was found under the uh, cushions of her couch in her home. Um, well, is that a good spot? Well, what if there's a fire? Okay, well, that wouldn't have been a very good spot, would it? Or any other natural desire, disaster? It could have been flooding. It could have been um, somebody has a tornado, for that matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, it, it's not a good spot. Okay. Um, and not to mention, anybody could have found the will. And remember, I don't. And last, for those who didn't hear last week's show, uh, we talked about one of the, her children had a mental illness. Well if a kid with a mental illness found the uh, will? Which cut him out? Remember, the first will he had equal amounts, and even if there wasn't a will at all, uh, he would have gotten an equal share with his three other brothers. The second will cut him out. So, what if they found he found that will under the cushion couch and said, "You know what? I don't like this. I'm hmm. going to just rip it up." Exactly. So, it shouldn't be under the cushion. Of a couch, <laughs> right. I
1: still don't understand why it would be under a cushion, but okay.
2: Well, you know, and that niece really looked around, and mm-hmm. she found it, and by golly, if that wasn't the one that was validated. For those who didn't hear the show, why again was it validated? It was the last will, it and it showed testamentary intent. Okay. She was over age 18. She had capacity. She wasn't, you know, determined to be incapacitated. There wasn't any undue uh, in, in undue influence. Mm-hmm. It was a handwritten will. Uh, it would show that it said "last will and testament." It was wholly in her handwriting. And as we mentioned on last week's show, it doesn't even have to be either witnessed or notarized when mm-hmm. it's a handwritten will. However, I don't recommend that people have handwritten wills. Although there was during COVID, a lot of times people did that mm-hmm. because of the uh, difficulty of getting out and such. Uh, and, which gets into some other things why they allowed electronic wheels temporarily mm-hmm. uh, in, some, in some respects mm-hmm. uh, so um, in any event keeping it in a place that's at risk is obviously not a good choice yeah. um, so what is a good choice what are your choices well first thing that comes to mind is having a safe Okay, have a safe at your home uh, the safer the safe the better mm-hmm. it is Quite frankly, uh, some people have a big old safe, and some have little safes. But you better, whoever it is that's going to be your executor, you better know. Let them know what the combination is, or if there's a key, know where that key could be located. But the safe may be the safest place right. because you could you don't have to worry about the elements. Hopefully, if it's a safe enough safe, Right. Um, and uh, you don't have to worry about. You know, is there only certain hours that I could get to it or something like that? There wouldn't be any delay. But you better let your executor
1: or somebody that you trust
2: know how to get to that safe. Because the
1: safe, being old-fashioned, I guess, you would think when you hear safe, jewelry, cash, those kinds of Mm -hmm. things. But Mm -hmm. is the implication that that's where your estate plan should be as well? I think so. Okay. Some people have it. Another option is a safe deposit box.
2: uh, But— you know, the problem with that um, is that, you, first of all, you have to have somebody's number, name on the signature card besides having a key. Uh, and it's not open 24-7, mm. so it could result in a delay. Let's say you had you thought you the original will was there and you didn't have authority um, to get to it because you weren't on the signature card or uh, the – You may have to go to court to open up the box. Mm -hmm. Well, that's an expense. Um, Now, if you there is a option that if you have a photocopy of a will, then you could have the bank open up the box with you, and then see if it's the, the original will that's in the box. If it is, the bank could send the Will either to the court or to give it to the executor, and of course the executor would have to be the one that would have to go to uh, look at the box with the somebody from uh, authorized by the bank. Mm-hmm. So now you got the other pain. And by the way, um, copies of wills can be probated, but if you you're gonna to have to get the permission of everybody uh, if it was a photocopy, uh, and including all the heirs. So remember in Aretha Franklin's case last week, we talked about the 2010 will had all four kids as beneficiaries, but the 2014 will, which was the one that was validated, only had three of the kids as beneficiaries. Do you think maybe the fourth one who got cut out might contest it and say, you know what, um I don't think that copy of that will should be probated or if they got less right sure yeah. right yeah. so so it's usually not uh, even though uh, just to let you know sometimes we 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 don't give the keep the originals mm-hmm. we only keep copies Good. Uh, and but but the reason why you have to keep the file. Uh, at least a signed copy is because sometimes people do lose their originals. It could have been that it was lost in that fire mm-hmm. that because the wheel was kept under the
1: uh, cushion couch of the couch right. or, or yeah. it could have been anything. And the other thing I was going to think about, I was thinking when you were talking, was if you put it in a safe deposit box, what if people move? Yeah. You know, and then that's a pain too. But if it's kept in a safe like you originally recommended, then you just have to move the safe.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And... Um, yeah, and, and a lot of times people forget that oh. you have to have—if you do have a safe deposit box, again, the biggest thing is you have to put uh, the person's name on the signature card. We have—my uh, I have my wife and I have two kids, and we have um, a safe deposit box. Good smart. Uh, but we um, uh, have all four—I mean, the two kids, all four of us are on the signature card. Mm-hmm. Um, however, our estate planning documents— are, in, are safe in our home.
1: Right, smart.
2: Yeah. So now sometimes there's disputes and sometimes people want things done differently, who, which means this, that you better, whoever has access to wherever your will is, you better trust them. Mm-hmm. Because just like we said with the uh, mentally ill child, the one child that was uh, cut out of Aretha Franklin's will, uh, if it's somebody you don't trust that has access you run the risk of destruction, yeah. and if you and when you don't have the original will, the court presumes that the will had been destroyed by the one who signed the will. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. All right. So the first option is a safe. The second option is a safe deposit box, but mm-hmm. we got those different problems right. that you just mentioned. Right. Uh, the third option. Uh, is the uh, is a uh, if you have it at the clerks uh, the county clerk where you're probably were residing at that time. But you notice I said at that time because you could move. And then what happens then? Or maybe you didn't tell that you did move. So you could so you so there's a way that you could f- actually file it's not a matter public record, but there's a, a you know the county clerk of every county in Texas. You could file your will even though you're alive. Now it's a small fee, and then when you get it out, well, the rules are different from mm-hmm. county to county. Hmm. Some uh, rules uh, some say, well, I need to know who we're gonna, I'm gonna have to, who we're going to have to give it to and what their address is. What if they've moved uh, both the person that, that did the will and perhaps the person who was supposed to get access to the will. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe they moved to a different state and have a different driver's license. Or did you tell them that you kept the original will there? There's no duty of the county clerk to let you know that they have a will. Right. So you run the risk of moving or forgetting or not telling people. Uh, also, uh, we had one uh, just recently that we're in the process of probating. the had it through the clerk's office. And... Um, we have to tell the clerk to give it to the probate clerk, which in Dallas County that resulted in a probably a week or two delay <laughs> just because, I hate to say it's government, but, yeah. you know, that, you know, things don't go. Bureaucracy. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it just you have to go by the rules. And, I mean, that's the whole idea. But one of the things, uh, uh, that, which is really not the topic of the show, is when you have a will— you have to go by the state's rules. So a lot of people have trust because that's private and you make your own rules. Remember too, if you have in a will, the original will, when it is probated, it's a matter of public record. So a lot of times we'll get calls from people that say, how can I see someone's, this will, I thought I was named in it. And I say, well, it's a matter of public record, check with either the probate or county clerk I say probate or county clerk because in the more urban areas are called there's actually uh, courts only for probate so and there, in the new legislative session they're actually added more probate courts uh, in different areas uh, one in the valley uh, one another one in Houston uh, Dallas by the way has three have had three for a while uh, Denton has now two uh, probate clerks. There's hmm. one in Collin County, two in uh, Tarrant County. Uh, so, uh, but if you go to, uh, let's say Ellis County, it's more. Of, it's a county court, uh, and so they, it's not as much of a population, uh, and so they have county courts. But anyway, you could keep it with the county clerk, and then you could request that will. Where and it be a matter of public wet record? It could be a matter of public record. So you get a copy of a will that was probated. Uh, it's a common question we have. How do I get a copy of Dad's will? Mm-hmm. Especially if somebody doesn't feel like they're getting their share. Yeah, especially. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's interesting too that um, uh, you know as a, an attorney, you have certain confidentiality rules. Uh, I had somebody this week that called and said I. My sister was supposed to be in charge. I'm not getting anything. I want a copy. I said well, you'll have to talk to sister because mm-hmm. I represent the state. Mm-hmm. You right. know? now, when you probate a will, by the way, if somebody is a beneficiary, in their case it was a trust. When there when there's when there is somebody as a beneficiary, you do have to give the beneficiaries if they have more than two thousand dollars as a uh, bequest to them. Mm-hmm. Then you do have to give a copy of the will. Uh, and by the way. How do they get a copy is also changing on September 1. Uh, in the past, uh, well, first of all, sometimes you have a waiver done where they say, here's a copy of the will, you give it to them if there's no disputes. Otherwise, uh, a lot of times you give a notice by certified mail, but there was a problem with green cards because you may have to wait for a period of time. So as of September 1, you could do it by FedEx or similar type of things. Mm-hmm. There were several changes in the law uh, that became effective September 1, which we might talk about in another show.
1: Sure. I find it all very fascinating. Power of attorney, which didn't come up today, but it comes up in the news. Um, people getting older and aren't capable of making the right decisions is very difficult. Did you see this week, Michael, about Dianne Feinstein and her daughter holds the power of attorney and is making almost the decisions on behalf of her mother. And I lived in California for 20 years and Feinstein yeah. was always in charge. And I did agree with a lot of things that she voted for. Uh, I thought that she was very disrespectful to judge Kavanaugh, who's on the Supreme court now, things like that. Um, regardless, that's just my uh, subjective opinion about all of that. But um, her daughter's calling all the shots now and um, at least making the decisions on behalf of her mother, believing that this is what her mother would want or not, I don't know how that how that works. Well, remember, a power of attorney, uh,
2: you still have the ability to make decisions for yourself. But you just give somebody else the authority to act. Okay. Uh, now, there is some question, and you wonder. It's a different topic, but you wonder if a legislature, and this is going to be a problem in all sorts of acts of life. I think uh, the you know should a person who let's say has dementia, mm-hmm. and, and and at certain levels at least, mm-hmm. um, should they continue to represent their constituents? Right. If you're having to rely on that agent or the power of attorney to do what you think is right, or somebody has to tell you what you think that you should be voting, mm-hmm. it makes you question whether they should be the one that's still representing those constituents. I couldn't agree more. Um, and similarly, I, I think the same thing could be true for attorneys or doctors or whatever. If you're an attorney, and let's say you're an older attorney, well, I guess I'm an elder elder law attorney, so maybe I should be talking about myself. But the um, you know, but really, let's say you're going to court, and you're at what point do we say you know maybe it's not best that you represent somebody if you what level of dementia, right? Uh, and or if you're a doctor, whatever, mm-hmm. should you? Are you making the best decisions for your patients?
1: Right. You know, when you were talking, I was thinking about the phrase familiarity breeds contempt. And that's what can happen with some of these people. Look at Mitch McConnell. He just froze on stage last week. Just froze. I don't know how old Mitch McConnell is. The president of the United States, Joe Biden, people worry about his age. Dianne Feinstein. It really gets difficult. And that's why you've said forever you have doctors go in and evaluate these people to see if they're mentally capable yeah
2: now in fact i had one on just this um, past friday afternoon i said i'm going to have a capacity affidavit because uh, i'm not sure whether there's a question i don't know there's different things that you see if they start um going the wrong direction mm-hmm. if they're something that yeah you know, just different things that you might think you just kind of know that there's a question as to capacity right which gets me to thinking about the alzheimer's walk thank KAAM again, uh, and Percy Fund for their generous support to our walk team for the Alzheimer's walk, which is going to be on November 4th. Mm -hmm. I hope many of y'all will join us. Uh, Our team is called Michael's Marchers. But whether you you join Michael's Marchers or anybody, uh, we just hope that for support, as we talked about on the show back in, I guess, in the beginning of July, we talked about the uh, approval by FDA of Lekimbi, mm-hmm. which slows uh, memory loss, and there's going to be another one coming yep. later in the year or early next year. That. So, what you, what Percy Fund and KWAM has done, it takes a while for these drugs to be developed. They're making a difference in the world, and I hope y'all will too.
1: It's very but, exciting because I've noticed, and I know you're the chair of the Dallas chapter, which is very impressive to me. To be very honest and objective. But it seems like, Michael, just in the last six months or year, they have really uh, turboed the progress for uh, finding a cure for Alzheimer's. Yeah. You, you know,
2: room's not built in a day. Right. And it's one step at a time, and just like a walk. Right. And so we are going to take one step at a time. It may be baby steps. But there's going to be, we're going to continue to build on and go up that ladder until the time comes where I hope there'll be a day without Alzheimer's.
1: This is a nefarious disease. Caregiver, victim, it doesn't matter. Michael's been on this for decades. I have to, I have no one I've known in my life who suffered from this or was a caregiver. I don't know anybody, but I don't have to. We're behind it, especially because Michael's behind it and he's the local Dallas Chapter Chair, which is again uh, very honorable on his part. And how long have you been the chair now for this uh, year? A
2: little over, year, a, little over I think, a year, yeah.
1: So you know all about this and the advancements that they're making with Alzheimer's. So it's very exciting. What's also exciting is for you to make certain what happened to Aretha Franklin or others in this world does not happen to you. And to that end, attend Michael's next workshop. It's in person, it's free, and it's Tuesday, August the 29th at 10 o'clock. And, Michael, please advance what goes on at those workshops. We
2: ask people what they want to know. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't think I've ever had the question asked, by the way, in the 11 years we've done the workshop, of where to keep my will. Interesting. But we talk about it every time when we meet with people that do a will, Mm -hmm. uh, when they sign the will. Uh, But anyway, Mm -hmm. you never know what questions that people are going to ask. Uh, We ask people what they want to know. And then over that two hours of that free estate planning essentials workshop – uh, we ask questions. Now sometimes it's more like on estate planning, sometimes it's more on Medicaid. We look at, we have a survey and we see what people want to know. And so you'll be interesting on our the, uh, the August the third workshop, we said some people said, well you talk too much about estate planning, and some people say you talk, talk too much about Medicaid. You know? So yeah. you never, are not that you talk too much, you say I wish, you know, but they we just answer the questions. Whatever the questions are, we ask, and it's, it's a workshop, not a seminar, because it's back and forth. So if one person asks about this or that, I'm Great. just going to respond Great. to just make sure mm-hmm. that that person's
1: questions uh, are, are answered and that their the time is Because well can be spent. boring and it's just force-feeding yeah. people information and it's biased or subjective. And this is nice because it's organic and it's fresh. Right. You never never know what
2: they're going to ask. Mm -hmm. Now, we do have a small presentation on the basics, you know, on estate planning or perhaps Medicaid. But we ask people what they want to know. And you learn whatever it is your questions might be. You get them answered. If you need further clarification besides that two-hour free estate planning essentials workshop that I just mentioned... Uh, for the, only for those people who attend that free state planning essentials workshop, they get a free one hour vision meeting. So, uh, you get three free hours without any obligation. Mm-hmm. Uh, to do that, all you have to do is call 214 720 0102. That's 214 720 0102 or sign up online at Dallas. ElderLawyer com. That's Dallas ElderLawyer dot uh, and I would be remiss. No, you wouldn't be remiss. Uh, he
1: knows where I'm <laughs> going with <laughs> you this. Wouldn't be remiss. You, you know, some people come to get. Remiss is like you have this dutiful obligation to promote a KWM coffee mug. And I don't How care. did he know that I was going to say that? I have no idea. He can almost read my
2: mind. so funny. Clairvoyant uh, he is. Uh, it's kind of like Johnny Carson, if you're old enough, the great Karnak. Karnak, that's Karnak right. the Magnificent. That's right. So um, Karnak—
0: uh, Holds it up to
2: his forehead. Right, that's right. <laughs> yeah, sealed on a map. <laughs> that's and, right. Uh, fucking Wagner's court. And McMahon, uh, I remember. I remember it well.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that was funny
1: times, but— yeah. No, I'm not Karnak, And uh, anyway, you get a free coffee gate 11 coffee mug if you attend his next workshop, which again is tuesday, august twenty ninth, ten o'clock in the morning, dial two one four, seven two zero zero one zero two two one four, seven two zero zero one zero two, or go to dallas elderlawyer dot com dallas dot com for that tuesday, august twenty ninth at ten a m workshop. It's interesting because you know we were, during the first part of the program, you know, I almost want to change the name from Estate Planning Essentials Program or Workshop to "What Do I Do?" Because a lot of people, you don't know what it's like until it happens to you. Well, I know how you feel. No, you don't. You can't. It's impossible. Everybody's situation is different. When someone passes away and you're left with an estate that's been neglected or abandoned, et cetera, et cetera. But you know, that's what I want to. That's what Michael's here for, and has been for the last ten years on KWM. To prevent those questions, especially when it comes to where to store your will when people pass away, and Michael wants to answer them for you now, so that you have fewer "what do I do?" questions. Yeah, uh, there are a couple other, uh,
2: by the way, places that people might keep their will. Okay. Uh, one, uh, some people keep it at the attorney's office. Smart. Uh, I you don't, don't do, do that. that. Yeah, I, I don't figure, do that right. because you know, first of all, bad things happen to attorneys too. Really. I mean I know we could keep it in a safe place but still uh attorneys first of all sometimes attorneys die mm-hmm. sometimes attorneys retire move sometimes mm-hmm. they move mm-hmm. bad things happen to any individual right uh and I think and now now I'm sure that other attorneys will disagree Uh-oh. um that uh, some attorneys I think may want at their office that they'll come back the client will come back to probate the will after whenever uh, some people some attorneys uh, have given have two wills, one that the original that they keep and one that maybe the uh, client keeps mm-hmm. uh, so some that's that's another way of doing it, uh, I suppose. Uh, but I just don't like to think that uh, there could be I remember years back uh, there was a tornado that hit downtown Fort Worth I remember and can you imagine? Uh, if you kept all these safe things, mm-hmm. and then it's remember, just like in Aretha Franklin's situation, if the will was destroyed, it goes to all four. And remember, uh, that wasn't her, at least the we think her intent mm-hmm. uh, when she signed that last will, which can, only gave to three of her kids because one kid had a mental illness and mm-hmm. had a guardian. Uh, so I wouldn't want to be personally responsible if that tornado hit my office and even if I had the the strongest safe in the world, and or whatever, I don't know. I guess it, tornadoes can move probably anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't want to have to, I want to sleep at night. Mm-hmm. I have that kind of, it's an awful thing, I actually like to sleep at night if yeah. I can. <laughs> <laughs> and I wouldn't be able to sleep, so I just tell people to keep it in a safe place. Mm-hmm. Uh, so some people keep it though at the attorney's office, some people keep it in a safe, some people keep it in a safe deposit box, some people keep it at the county clerk's office. Now, where I think it'll go in the future, although we don't have it here now in Texas, is electronically. Mm. You know, just like we talked about on the prior show, things will go towards artificial intelligence in the Mm. future, uh, we think. Electronically, uh, you know, during COVID, uh, there were some procedures that you could take Mm -hmm. uh, because of COVID Mm Uh, in fact, it's changed a lot of things. Uh, when we probate a will, a lot of times some of the courts let us uh, still do it by Zoom. Right. We always had to go in before. Right. Now, the problem with electronic right now is you remember on a will, it usually has to be signed in the presence of each other mm-hmm. uh, and notarized mm-hmm. and so will and, and electronically, so that it, it just doesn't fit right now. But maybe maybe the future of saying presence is going to be different mm-hmm. by saying by Zoom. Right, uh, there'll be advances in technology to verify that things will be, you know, that somebody's there. Right, uh, that will happen. Mm-hmm. So I can't. I I think, uh, and some states already have have electronic wills and allow sure. that.
1: Um, you can sign online. You just use your fingernail or something like that to well, sign. You know, so
2: that gets into the, a lot of the different issues that you have because it, it's not that you could do a will by DocuSign. Mm-hmm. So okay. we, it, it, but there will be a time. It, we're, it's coming. Yeah, it
1: is coming. There's a lot of things coming. We all hear footsteps, but we all want to sleep at night, too. Uh, the best way to make sure that you do sleep at night is to attend his next workshop. That's Michael Cohen's Estate Planning Essentials Workshop on August the 29th, which is a Tuesday, at 10 o'clock. To sign up for that free Estate Planning Essentials Workshop, dial 214-720-0102. Go to DallasElderLawyer.com. Michael Cohen, thank you, sir. Thank you, Don. The Record show.